This is Shane Gibson's podcast from ClosingBigger.net. Today's podcast is titled Professional Speaking for Geeks. That's right, I'm speaking to you geeks out there. And how to give your presentations more effectively. In fact, I would say that us geeks, and I include myself in this area, being quite the social media geek in my own right, try to stick way too much crap in our presentations. Not only that, but we're so excited about the crap that we forget about the people in the audience and where they're coming from. And many times, although we've got great content and great insight, we completely lose the audience and we lose the opportunity. For those of us who spend most of the time behind the computer or behind the phone, the ability to get face-to-face with people deepens relationships. Getting in front of an audience is like doing that with 100 people at a time. It is one of the most leveraged ways you can network and grow your brand if you do it right. More opportunities to come out of my speaking for me than my blogs, podcasts, sales efforts put together. Within those audiences, those people experience those talks often refer to me to one, two, three, five people. And over a lifetime, many of those clients produce more and more business and really help me build my brand. And they can do the same thing for you. Now, with that said, if we don't connect first, we're going to lose them. See, I've heard this comment so many times. Content is key. Content is king. Content is where it's at. You know what? It's a content revolution. You know what? That's kind of uh, misleading, to say the least. Uh, I'd almost go as far as saying it's bunk. Content, there's lots of content out there. We're, we've got way too much information out there. We've got way too much information delivered at seminars, at conferences all around the world every day. Content is not key. Content is not king. Connection is key and connection is king. See, if your audience is not receptive, if you don't have rapport, they're not going to absorb that information. They're not going to walk away from, from that session and want more. They're not going to walk away and take action. They're probably just going to tune you out, flip down to their iPad, their iPhone, their Blackberry, and tweet their best friend about what they had for lunch or worse, how lousy your presentation is. So there's a few ways to win in presenting especially for those of us who do technical presentations. The first thing, typically, is where do we start? Well, most people think we just start at the beginning and start explaining our concept. Yeah, that's true, but we need a way to gain their attention. So I'm going to talk a little bit about some thoughts around starting. So your start is one of the most powerful things you have. As a presenter, studies have shown you have 30 seconds or less to connect with the audience and, in essence, brand yourself. And that opinion of you that they form often sticks with them, not just through your presentation, but throughout future presentations. It almost prejudices them. So a strong start is absolutely vital. So a couple ways, three ways I find are really foolproof for a strong start is number one, and I say that with a bit of a a hesitance because one of them is, is a bit tricky, but number one, a strong stat. I find if we start with a strong stat, a did you know, and then quickly tell them why it's important to them, then often what that does is it gets their attention. So for instance, did you know that 80% of spending presently on social media marketing is wasted and many organizations don't have a social media strategy in place? They're just tweeting in the wind basically. Now that comment right there challenges the audiences, it gets them to focus, and it now really draws them in. By the way, that stat is totally untrue. I just made it up, but I hope it got your attention. By the way, don't do that. Don't make those stats up. 
The second thing that works really well is a story. Tell stories, and this is what my co-author Jay Conrad Levinson has to say, as he says, tell stories because stories aren't boring. One of the ways I start my sociable seminar, Stephen Jagger and I do, is I started off with a story about my 11-year-old son, Christian, and how, what his perspective is on the web, purchasing, and present-day marketing. It's kind of funny, but it's personal and it's engaging, and people love stories. They love to follow them. And so that can pull things in, it can humanize you, and it helps people relate to you as a parent, as a tech geek, uh, as a marketer. It kind of pulls it all in for us. Another thing we can do, and this is again, this is the third one I was hesitant on, is if you are good at telling funny stories, or you are humorous, or you're just naturally a little bit cynical and sarcastic and get people laughing, that might be a good way for you to start. So those three ways is start with humor, start with a bold stat and tell them why it's important, or start with a story that touches their heart or helps them relate to you or let them know that you relate to them. If you're speaking to an audience through a specific industry and you can customize your intro, customize that story, you'll often have them for the rest of your presentation. So the next step after I have their attention is I tell them what I'm going to tell them. This is a very tried and true setup. First, you tell them what you tell them. You're going to tell them. Then you tell them throughout your presentation. And at the end, you tell them what you told them and you tell them what to do with it. I know that's kind of, let's start that again. Tell them what you're going to tell them. Then tell them. Then tell them what you told them, and then tell them what to do with it. So let's break this down. The first step is I start off by letting them know, okay, here's an important stat or a call to action or a story, and here's why it's important to you. Now, during this presentation, here's, I'm gonna, here's the five things I'm going to share with you. Then I share those five things in my presentation. Then at the end, I summarize. Now, in summary, here's what we talked about. We quickly review the five things, but then we let them know what they need to do with it, the action steps, the insight, the possible changes they want to make, or it might be simply coming to your website and downloading that presentation you just did, for instance. So, in between that that thing we call the presentation, the content, how do we present it? Well, number one, One of the things I I see often is people without a lot of experience or a lot of technical experience put way too much stuff on each slide. So if you've got paragraphs on your slide, find ways to turn those paragraphs into bullets. If you've got five bullets on your slide with four or five words per line, if you can take those five bullets and use one or two pictures over a couple of slides, do that instead. Rely on your ability to weave and tell stories and share stats and share insights instead of getting stuck reading from your slides, which is really the death of engagement with your audience when you see the presenter reading from these text-filled slides. So use pictures. Also, if you're explaining complex concepts, instead of using multiple slides or gratuitous amounts of bullets and stats, if you can do it through a model which is traditionally what they're called, or today we call them infographics, a simplified infographic where you can walk people through it, where people can actually see it. Things aren't at a 10-point font, but bold, graphically described processes or technology. This will help people anchor it and remember it visually as well. A couple of things I suggest you do as well is if need be, and if you can, always customize for your audience. Not necessarily your whole presentation, Your slides don't have to change, but in advance, often what I do is I'll interview the people in that industry or even within that company or organization or conference before I get there. So I really understand them when I'm presenting the content. In addition to this, you know, spend time doing a little research. Make sure your stats are updated. Confirm your stats. Verify your stories. 
and really, really make sure you understand their business. Don't assume because you presented to a similar audience in another country, in another country or another city that this is going to be the same. Make sure you get to know the local content. Next step, I believe, is really once we have that, is again, once you've wrapped it up, once you've walked through your presentation, and here's the important part. There's nothing wrong with bullets and texts on your slides, for instance. But when it's every slide, it's a problem. I think when there's a photo every slide and all you're doing is telling stories, often it can drag on and you don't get to the point as well. Contrast works. One slide with a photo, one with stats, one with bullets, one with questions, one with a bold statement, ricks, mix, rinse, excuse me, a little tongue twister, rinse and repeat. And so what we want to do here is make sure we we retain a high level of contrast in our presentation. Uh, But also remember, here's the key, is every slide that goes into your presentation should contribute to your initial bold statement and the five things you're going to present. Too often people put interesting stuff in their presentations that aren't related to your initial statement or the core things you're going to present. And that's how we really get content creep. That's how we go from a 25-minute presentation to a 45-minute presentation, putting our audience to sleep and driving our conference planner crazy as we run overtime. So here's another tip here is rehearse. Now, not don't just rehearse how you're going to say it, but be really aware of the timing. If you've got an hour I want you to shoot for having a presentation that's 45 to 50 minutes long. Because in many cases, when you get in front of an audience, you tend to draw it out a bit further. In addition to that, one of the ways I do that with my slides, whether it's PowerPoint or Keynote or even clicks on a Prezi presentation, is I time how long each component is. So if it's too long, I can go back and look at which sections need to be shaved down, deleted, or put into another presentation altogether. A couple of things I like to do at the end is have a call to action. See, it's one thing to tell people, make a bold statement, tell them what you're going to cover, cover it in an engaging way, tell great stories, summarize it. But at the end, we leave people wondering what they're going to do, especially if you're giving a technical or how-to or strategy presentation. Leave them with two or three, maximum, calls to action. It might be something as simple as hitting the site, downloading additional information, for instance, uh, and taking the next steps, or some homework in the next week or day. So this is one of my suggestions anyways I do with my audiences, as I want them leaving feeling like they got value, but also have been motivated to take next steps to embrace this new technology, embrace this new strategy, or connect with the community that we're talking about. So kind of to, to wrap it up here, a couple other tips here, and this is kind of presentations gone bad is number one, those of us who are technically inclined want to try the newest, greatest, latest presentation tool. We want to add gratuitous amount of transitions. We want to add flash and videos and integrate it with the web in real time. But all that is dependent upon too much that you don't have control over. So unless you've got a good AV budget and a really good setup and you're able to rehearse on site two or three times to make sure all the technical aspects work, then I would suggest to work off a presentation deck or off a few images or none at all than really depend heavily on technology. Too many times I've seen technical presenters walk off stage and not get to present at all because the Wi-Fi went down because the video wouldn't play. Here's another thing, too. If you design a great presentation, but then your conference planner insists you use their machines, there's often heavy-duty compatibility issues as well. So there's some thoughts. Now, if you are doing a live presentation, like a live web demo, one of the things I would suggest to bring as a backup is a series of screen captures 
loaded on your laptop that walks them through the same process that the live demo was did in case everything from your web browser hangs to your Wi-Fi goes down to the site you're using is slow, all those things that can screw you up. So kind of wrapping up, a couple other things I do that's kind of, I find gets the audience moving is number one, um, if I'm doing a longer presentation, let's say exceeding an hour, and I know in between there's a, there's a, it, I find I come across a bit of a lull, one of the things I'll do is I'll ask the audience a question. I'll say, look, what have you picked up here so far that you feel you're going to use? Or so far in the presentation, is there anything that you have questions or concerns around or aren't clear about? Now, often if I ask this question, I'll either get a bunch of blank looks in my face and I'll move forward. But in many cases, many cases, people will ask a question. They'll revive the conversation. Again, contrast. You're talking at the audience and all, you also engage them. Another thing I do when I have my team from Socialized with me at my presentations is I'll encourage the audience. I will create a hashtag for the conference uh, on Twitter. Uh, and I will encourage them to ask questions and respond to the content in real time via Twitter about what's going on. I let them know that I've got my team with me who will be responding in real time to their tweets and questions and also aggregating those questions for the end of the presentation. In addition to that, at the end of the presentation, after I finish, I let them know that in the next two or three hours, I'll also get back to those people who have more in-depth questions, concerns, or comments. So what it kind of encourages to do is actually, as a presenter, it encourages people on the Twitter space to begin talking about my brand, engaging me, and getting moving, and really helping get the conversation moving online as well. So this is something that I feel is an additional layer of engagement that can work well if, you're, if you feel comfortable engaging the audience in this way. So kind of wrapping it up, what did we talk about? We talked about the fact that as tech geeks, as presenters who are presenting technology, complex presentations, solutions, ideas, we often put too much content in and we don't work enough on connection. We also often try to get too many points across in a short period of time. So if you get that 25-minute presentation, get three good points across. If you get an hour, get five across. But remember, start strong, keep it simple, tell them what you're going to tell them, tell them, tell them what you told them, and then leave them with some action steps. This is Shane Gibson's social media podcast from closingbigger.net. If you have any more questions about presentation skills, social media, sales, business, you name it, that we talk about in these podcasts, you can always tweet me at Shane Gibson. You can visit closingbigger.net and add and really connect with me through the comments. And of course, you can also email me, shane at socialized.me, if you're looking for a presentation on social media at your next conference.